Hey, you got a crazy family? We want to hear all about it. Got a brand new podcast. It's called My Crazy Family. And boy, we know there are some stories out there. And sometimes it just makes you feel better to get it off your chest or to hear about somebody else's crazy family. It lets you know that maybe yours isn't as nuts as you thought. Yeah, the bar gets set pretty damn high. Trust me. You can call in <laughs> your stories right now at one 833 cray That's 1-833-CRAY, C-R-A-Y-F-A-M. Or write in your story at the website crazyfampod.com. That's crazyfampod.com. And by the way, you don't have to use your real name. It's totally okay if you just want to make up names, but you just need to get rid of this information. We are your place. You're not going to believe what you will hear on this podcast and the insane things that some families have put their loved ones through. one 833 or write in at com. Stay tuned for our official launch date. And start getting us those stories right now. CrazyFamPod.com My. My. Crazy. Crazy. Family. Family. My. Crazy. Family. Today on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, that nine out of 10 dentists agree can help reduce tartar and gingivitis when a man steps outside on a dark and otherwise quiet evening to let his dogs relieve themselves. He finds himself the target of a strange creature in the tree. Just what was this creature with large fangs that seemed like something out of this world? We'll find out today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. Welcome to the program. If you like the show, you want access to all of our archive of episodes. It's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. You also get our brand new uh, episodes in advance of their uh, public release, and you also get ETP bonus episodes. That's our best ghost stories. We got more than 400 full episodes of those there for you to binge away on, and new ones come out every single week. You get all that when you sign up to support the program at ghostpodcast.com. Go there. You can go up through the website, or there's a link for our Patreon page. You get all the same stuff there as well, ghostpodcast.com. Uh, or just go to ghostpodcast.com and follow the link over to Patreon. It's uh, Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Hey, not so much, Tony. No. How's it with you? Uh, you know, uh, I've uh, I, I've turned 40 now. This is my first time back on the air since I've I've, I've had the... I thought uh, you sounded so much older. The day of my but... birth celebration. And uh, what we did, we... Uh, we all uh, wore robes and went out uh, into the field on the morning of our birth, or my birth, and um, and then we uh, we we put down a bunch of bean bags. The cows came and laid next to us, and then I lied in a manger. And um, it was a really a spiritual fortieth birthday as we played Kenny G's greatest hits in the background. <laughs> and as you. Yelled more Frankenstein, and I did. And my my had my family would fan me with very large fans, and then one would run around in circles with one of those fans that spritzes water like you get at Disney World. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So 
It was uh, it was the way any everyone should celebrate their fortieth. It really was. Would you say the best one ever? I had a manure bath. Then they would take oh. the fresh manure from the cow, and then they would they they lather it on me because it gets rid of the toxins. You know when you do that, and yeah, they 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 spread it all over you. Then you have to just wait for it to dry. Yes, really and then it, then as it cracks off, um, it's cracking the toxins off with you. Um, and, uh, then you, you get back up from that experience and whoa, Chug a beer. let me tell you, let me tell you, um, there's nothing quite like it. <laughs> Darn, if only I had done that on my 40th birthday. It's amazing. It is utterly amazing. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Uh, let's jump over to a, uh, a phone call to kick off today's episode of the program. Stand by. And okay, yes, let's hear it. And this is my first time calling into your show. Love what you do. Um, I have tons, tons of experience uh, and encounters with uh, ghostly entities. Um, a couple that always stand out to me or what I experienced while I studied abroad in Italy, Florence, Italy. And I was uh, living in a old hotel that served as our uh, campus uh, in the city of Florence, Italy. So it definitely had some history to it. A lot of people came and went through it. And I know that from spending the night in there alone in between semesters, um, I would go into the city uh, waiting for the summer semester. We had a couple of weeks off, and um, I was the only one of my friends in town. And after having a few beers, I decided to go into what we call the villa, um, this old, almost six-story hotel on uh, a road written. Uh, the road is named after an author who wrote a book regarding uh, heaven, hell, and earth, and all that fun stuff in between. However, um, you could hear footsteps, and I was too scared to even go up to my regular room, which I'd slept in for almost nine months at that point. Um, I was too scared to go up just two flights of stairs to the second story and sleep in the room I'd slept in. I stayed downstairs in the student center near the front door, and you would hear footsteps walking through the dining room, and it just sounded like typical hotel traffic and it was really hard to go to sleep um, because I kept waking up thinking someone was walking into the room. Um, prior to that, I was at the front door on the computer with my back to the door in the foyer. Um, there's a general community computer right there and a security monitor above your head uh, to show you who might be coming in from the outside at the front door only a few yards away from me. Well, I heard three loud knocks on these huge wooden doors, doom, 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 and I look up at the security monitor and no one's on the camera. I open those doors and not just that no one was there, no one was on the road, no car was coming or going on either side, um, and I can see a couple of blocks each way. And the air was cold and crisp, and something just didn't feel like it was 2010, uh, the year it should have been. Something felt like I may have slipped into some type of vortex or something like that if I had walked out there. I simply put 
poked my head out, looked down the street, didn't see a soul, not a car. And I really couldn't, I can't remember if the laundromat, which was way down the street on the opposite side, a couple of blocks, if that was there, because that is modern, but I don't have a memory of it being there. So that was my inference that maybe this was some type of otherworldly vortex portal or time slip that this old hotel might offer. Other than that, um, I had a dream in my room uh, while napping during the middle of the day uh, that my closet and another room I would later move into opened up and the clothes are flying out. And uh, in the dream, my cousin uh, was there. He's like my younger brother. And he was getting attacked by this invisible entity in that room that was throwing closet uh, clothes out of the closet. So I jump in there because that's how we were raised. I always... Uh, stood up for him and if anything was attacking him well you might as well have attacked me too because now you got double trouble and I pretty much sacrificed myself in the dream but in the dream I started to lose control of my consciousness of my being I felt myself being overwhelmed by this female spirit and I felt the color red and I knew it was an angry woman and in the dream my vocal cords start to freeze up and I can't even say help um, but I just with every inch of force and energy uh, almost like fighting a sleep paralysis state I muster up ayutame ayutame in Italian well uh, my roommate shook me awake out of that dream and he said are you okay and he just had this really weird look on his face and I said yeah no I just was taking a nap and he's like you were just screaming Ayutame help me in Italian and so um, that is something I'll just never forget and uh, I'm really glad I did not allow that force to overwhelm me even though it was trying other than that, um, there uh, when I was house-sitting in Italy, a dog died, uh, the owner of the home, um, a great dog, Chocolate Lab. She had two. Uh, one of them died the day that she left, and her flight kept getting delayed because of vol volcanic eruption. So it was almost like the dog waited or knew something, that she did not die in front of her, which would have been very traumatic. However, she did die in front of me. Um, and after that, her sister would be playing. Uh, this dog that was used to having her sister around would just be playing with no other dog in the room. And, you know, it's one thing for a dog to chase its tail, but to be jumping up and down and um, bouncing back and forth. I mean, you can tell she was playing with her sister who had passed. And even after that, she would crawl under my guest bed, and I could feel her pressing up against me through the mattress. And I was talking to the owner of the house, a dear friend of mine, and I told her this um, because we were just kind of decompressing the fact that, yes, the oldest dog had died as soon as she left and got on the plane, things like that. But she said, it's really weird the younger one's doing that because that's what her sister used to do. And she refused to believe that that hotel, that villa, that student center, um, that facility was haunted. And I don't blame her. She worked there all the time on her own. Um, however, there was an evening I came in and it was around 1.30 in the morning and I woke up my roommate. This was one of our first few weeks there because there was a woman uh, in the middle of the street. There's actually a, a park. It's uh, below ground level. So being two stories up, I have the advantage of seeing down the street both ways and this little park that runs in between uh, the opposite directions of traffic, if that makes sense. 
there are a couple of bridges at the end of each block to where you can take stairs down to this little, uh, almost like a river runoff, or maybe it was even sewage, but there was also grassy patch along this. So um, it's a very wide road, pretty much, with a little bit of a park in between it to say suffice it and this woman is standing down there 1 30 a.m i can't see her face but i know she's a woman um but you cannot see her face i wake up my roommate i say hey do you see this chick because she's just staring either at the building or right at us so we're waving trying to get her attention and she doesn't move she doesn't move you can see her hair kind of blowing in the wind but she doesn't react and we can't scream out or holler out because it's 1 30 a.m and we live with 60 other students so my roommate says, I'm going back to bed. I stand there in the window with my wardrobe open. I slip off my shirt, slip off my shorts. And while I'm putting on my pajamas, I look out and the woman is gone. And I mean, no one's on the street. And in order for her to have left that spot, she would have had to walk down half a block to the left or to the right and gone up some stairs and then gotten out of plain sight. And even if she ran at full sprint, I would have seen her from my window and she was gone. Uh, there was a young lady that the main classroom is named after, I mean, named after uh, Janet Leake. And um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was her because she was one of the first American students to study in Italy. And um, Yes, her baggage showed up. She got off the plane, but she never made it to the facility with the rest of the students. They don't know what happened to her. Her parents donated a lot of money. And going into that classroom late at night, um, I never felt comfortable. The classroom's right next to it. I could study there all night, you know. Um, but that room, I always felt like someone was behind me. And we even had an instance where I came home during the summer semester, and a few of the other students were really freaked out because the back gate... Um, uh, had open and that hadn't happened the whole year I was there and no one had come or gone and even the security footage on the next day showed the gate simply opening by itself and this is a secure compound for American college students so for a gate to just swing open is very odd there were alarms ringing uh, in the teacher's um, apartment so she went and gathered a few students they all went down to the basement to check and see they somehow got split up but they all got spooked in different rooms at the exact same time to where they made it all to the main hallway um, to kind of look at each other and say, yeah, we all just experienced something different, but all at the same time in unison. Uh, so some eerie stuff about my experience in Italy. I have a lot more, a lot more stories um, from all over the place. So I'll call back. I know this was a bit of a longer call. I enjoy the show. Um, yeah, it's a little different style for me, but the content is there. So, yeah, more props to you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for uh, for sharing that experience with us. I like the part where he, be, uh, in the middle of the night, to start speaking in Italian. And uh, that's creepy as shit. But he's in Italy. He's studying in Italy. So that wouldn't necessarily be creepy there. True. Yeah, true. But if he never but really he does it much or, you know, I don't know. But I think, it, like, I think Florence is this incredible city, and I can totally believe all that. Because mm -hmm. I just think it's got such a rich history and a long history, and there's very old buildings, and, you know, you go any number of places, and you're going to feel something. But the first one, there's a lot of different stories in one story. Yeah. But going back to that very first one about... um looking like there was something that he looked at. He heard knock, knock, knock. 
and looked outside and there wasn't anything there. I think there was a camera and there wasn't anything there. And then mm-hmm. he, he had a sense that if he stepped outside, like he would be going, like, I don't know if it was like a time traveling thing, like going yeah. back in time or something. But um, that's something new. Like I've never like heard somebody say, man, if I'd have stepped out, I'd have been sucked into a time vortexy yeah. sort of thing. And I don't n- I mean, I've never had that experience, so I can hardly say, no, that doesn't happen. Just that has not happened to me. Um, but I don't know. That's weird. That I've never. Have you heard of something like that? I've heard of people experiencing something like that, but not really conscious of it being like step there on the uh, twister mat and you're going back in time. Step over here. You're good. It was more so just like they were walking and then suddenly they're like, what the hell? Um, and, and things were at a different different stage or different period of time. Um, some very detailed, some not so much. that's what he was saying. Like, yeah. I think it was on a video screen. Like, they heard it and they should have been able to see something. Yeah. And there wasn't just, not only was there nothing at the door, there was nothing anywhere. Yeah. 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 I, I've heard of somewhat similar type things. Not super common, but a handful over the years. Yeah, I thought that one was interesting. Yeah. But lots of experiences in that one story. Oh, yeah. But I also totally, like, I think that a lot of those really old cities, like Italy, has so much history to it. And, um, you know, it's just really old. And you just sense it everywhere you go. hmm You know, so, I mean, the opportunity to study in Italy had to have been amazing. But I don't know how you can live there and not experience stuff. I just don't. It'd be almost impossible just with the yeah. the setting and the history itself. Uh, 855-853-4802. You can call that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and share your real ghost stories with us. Uh, let's go to a uh, letter. It says, hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I've been listening to the show for a few years. First off, I'd like to comment on the two stories from the episode titled Mysterious Figure in the Woods. The deer turned humanoid demon sounds a whole lot like being called the Wendigo. They are evil entities from Native American folklore. It has a taste for human flesh and those that are possessed by it become cannibalistic killers. A second story where the storyteller mentioned troll-like beings in their yard. I can't remember if the story was here in the U.S., but if it were, then I can only surmise that the storyteller may uh, may have saw a puckwidgie. They are troll-looking entities that are less than friendly to humans. They are also of Native American lore. I know this because I looked them up when I first heard of these beings. I enjoy learning about these things. I own and read nearly a hundred books that are about haunting spirits, cryptids, and mythological beings. I also watch a great deal of paranormal shows. Sadly, this knowledge fails me when it came to an experience that I had in my home. I lived in Maine, in a small town called Winslow. It was a couple of years ago when it had been downpouring torrential rain for a few days and there were flood warnings going on. It was nighttime and I was letting the dogs out. Now to let them out, I go downstairs and out to the garage and let them out to the backyard. And As they were doing their business, I was looking around the garage, just taking all the stuff that we have in there. It was during this when I noticed movement out of the corner of my eye. Turning to look at whatever it was, I saw the white figure of a head looking back at me over some some of the stuff in the garage. The head was your typical humanoid shape, but 
That was the only thing human about it. The face was that of an animal, and not just any animal, but a bat. I can still see the image to this day. The upside-down heart-shaped snout that some bats are known for having. The tiny fangs hanging out of the bat-like mouth. And the pointed bat ears. The eyes are more human and had intelligence to them. It, I, it was surprising that I had seen it and quickly dove down behind everything on that side of the garage. The strange thing is, I did not feel as if I was in danger and sensed no malice. This did not mean that I went to look for it. Right off the bat, pardon the choice of words, I figured asking for some spiritual backup was the smartest thing for me to do. I waited to be sure and then went to check. There was nothing there, but no way for it to escape. With the closed garage door behind it, I tried to look up bat-faced entities, but have found nothing. I have no idea as to what I have saw, saw. I think it left the next day when I saw an uh, amphorious blob of energy dart out the back door as I was going in. Still bugs me that I don't know what the entity was. I guess there are many kinds of spirits that humanity has never seen, and that may have been one of them. What do you think of that sort of a thing? I think, well, I think it's really interesting because I've never really thought like when I've experienced something weird that there it's an entity that I can put my finger on it. Like it's one of these, like I can't read, I don't even remember the terms you just used, but, um, and I do think like the little trollish ones. Yeah. I can see how they'd have a, name for it but maybe what he saw was just something paranormal and it doesn't have a name to it yeah you know that just because you saw something doesn't mean that it has a name to it and i don't know that it really has to be because most people when when you experience something you don't have that reference i don't know how much digging you would do i don't think most people they just experience something and it's paranormal. I think it was a ghost. I think, it was yeah. ghost of a woman, ghost of a man, ghost of a child. That's what we normally hear. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes if it's meant to f make you scared or create fear, I, I think it can take on almost any shape or thing it wants. Whatever I think is does, knows that you're going to be most reactionary to is what it's going to be. So if it was Pee Wee Herman, it would be Pee Wee Herman. If it's going to be some sort of bat-like thing, it's going to be some sort of bat-like thing. And I don't think everything like, necessarily has an ID when it's that sort of thing. It's just a, something about the energy that knows this is what it's going to do. So here's a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. So say, like, I look up and I see a ghost that looks like Brad Pitt or somebody who's really hot. Would that be scary? <laughs> or would it be like... Don't go. Stay. It would be more like Ghost, the movie. Then you'd be like, right? let's make some pottery. But ghost, you know, that was her boyfriend and all that. Yeah. But if it's just like some random ghost that's like, shit, I saw him and he was really handsome. Like, I don't, there's not a lot of stories like that. They're all terrifying and scary. Or it was a kid or it was a man, a woman. But it wasn't like, damn, he looked like, like... Ashton Kutcher, like he was really <laughs> handsome, you know, <laughs> like that'd be like I don't know, would that still be scary? And then you take his hand, and it turns out it's Weird Al Yankovic. And it's like, damn, you look really different when you're floating in the sky above my bed. 
<laughs> weird Al Yankovic of now age, not even when you were younger yep, age. Yep. Shit. And then he sings parodies the whole time you're uh, you're doing it with him. That's uh, that's how that works. Oh shit! And it's a sex dream with it. <laughs> it's a sex dream oh with God. it. <laughs> and he's he's just singing parodies about your life and everything going on as it's happening. <laughs> Yeah, like remember that one time? Yeah, I don't have anything with it right full, now. Full music background. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> there you go. That's gonna be the bizarre well, better, dream. I of guess the week. that'd be better than him singing something like "Beat It." It's like, yeah. do you have to be singing that right now? Oh, how about this one? And he goes to this something else inappropriate. Yeah, uh, another uh, letter we got here. It says, "My husband and I are in love with New Orleans." We've had many, many times uh, and have been on all the ghost tours. We love to explore the history of the city. During one such trip a few years ago while walking down uh, one of the streets, we both got the feeling we were being followed, which is entirely possible in this popular but very dangerous city. We were readying ourselves for whatever was coming, except soon we discovered the source. For whatever reason, we were being trailed by a little old silver-haired lady. Nothing scary about her at all. She sweetly smiled at us and then suddenly turned down another street. Our logical thinking was she just happened to be going the same direction for a while. We thought nothing more of it. We returned to our townhouse in Alabama a few days later and settled back into our daily grind. My whole world changed on the third night back. We'd gone to bed around 10 o'clock and it only took 10 minutes for my husband to start snoring. I had not yet fallen asleep, but my eyes were closed. Suddenly, I felt an icy breath in the airspace around my face, but it smelled awful like rotten meat. My eyes shot open, and to my absolute horror, there was a woman leaning over my bed near my knees. Her black stringy hair was dangling over me within reaching distance. Her eyes were black and shiny. Her skin looked very pale, white, in the dimly lit room. As I started to squeeze my husband's arm in terror to wake him, the woman lunged at me, stopping just short of my head. She was now looking down into my face. Her mouth began to open slowly and silently, showing her teeth. There were at least two rows on top and bottom of what looked like shark teeth. Rectangular, jagged, sharp. I was in a complete panic by this point and did what any mature adult would do. I pulled the blankets up over my head and started pleading the blood of Jesus until uh, my husband finally woke up to the commotion. He jumped out, turned on the lamp next to the bed. There was nothing in our bedroom. Our windows were tightly sealed, the doors locked, and our alarm system had not sounded to give any evidence of an intruder. We sat on the bed trying to figure out what had happened. There was no way I was dreaming. I had even fallen asleep. No sleep paralysis. I could move and talk just fine during the entire episode. And obviously... No human being had broken into our house. So, what was it? I couldn't help but remember the lady from New Orleans. Something seemed familiar anyway, but I couldn't ever pinpoint what it was. We decided to call some friends we had made in New Orleans to ask if anything like this had ever been reported before. Let's just say they were not shocked and advised us, advised us we had likely just been visited by a vampire. See, this street has a dark reputation of being Vampire Street, and we had indeed heard the stories such as the casket girls of the Ursuline Covenant who allegedly smuggled vampires into the city in its founding days. Maybe something really had followed us home. The next day, we had the house blessed, cleansed of any evil spirits. 
And truly, thankfully, I've never seen the woman again. Well, that's a nice way to spend a romantic weekend. I like that. That should be everything was great until Until, yeah. You know, I think that um, I think that's interesting because it seems like if if it had anything to do with a woman, like why did it go follow her home? Why did it wait for three days to show itself? And then they bless the house and that's that? That's kind of, you know, it's just kind of weird to me. That it stopped that easily? Yeah. Oh, I, and, I, and that it didn't, like, it was just the one time it stopped. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know how, how easy that would have been, but... You know, maybe that did the trick, but the fact that it was like three days ever go by and everything's fine, and I just I don't know if it had anything to do with that woman. But if it's kind of looked like the woman, I don't know. In a vampire street, I wouldn't fuck with vampire street. No. I mean, would you? But would you go for a walk on vampire street? And I don't even think I don't really think of vampires like. I think it's something paranormal, ghosty, but I don't think like, oh, it's a vampire. No, I don't know what that even would mean. New Orleans, they have different beliefs there. Yeah. I've seen like vampires. That just grosses me out, the idea of two rows of teeth. That bugs me. That would be very creepy. That would be a nightmare right there. Yeah, nothing was scary. Like, it was all good. Old woman floating around above me, feeling threatened. And, blah, blah, blah. and then two rows of teeth. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ. One row, one row would have been like, oh, that's that's creepy. And two rows of teeth gives it a whole new, uh, yeah. That's uh, it's a creepy old lady. Uh, sweet dreams, everyone. Uh, having that one uh, right before bed. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what, I mean, there's like, people who live a vampire vampiristic lifestyle, I guess you like suck each other's blood and shit. That's like a thing. Um, and but I, I think a lot of people, but, it's like, there's also people that walk around dressed like stuffed animals. Exactly. For sexual yeah. reasons. There's and like, I'm like yeah, there, there's like no limits to anything anymore. So, um, but, uh, wasn't that like a, a say like no limit? There's like no limit records. I thought it was like a nine. I'm trying to think of, uh, what was on t-shirts anyway um so yeah uh i i guess what is a true va- is there ever been like a true vampire or anything like that where it, you know i mean all now i'm sure if you talk to some people they'd be like oh yeah so and so is a vampire but um i mean the whole concept of living forever like that yeah maybe the definition of a vampire is different yeah. For somebody from New Orleans, maybe it's not like we think of Dracula yeah. or the vampire Lestat and we think of those fictionalized versions. So maybe it's a different kind of thing. Maybe they're not designed to live forever and sleep in coffins and stuff like that. A vampire. It seems like you would need like that silver cross or something to really get rid of a vampire. Mm-hmm. A vampire is a creature from folklore that subsists by feeding on the vital essence, generally the blood of the living. In European folklore, vampires are undead creatures that often visited loved ones and caused mischief or deaths in the neighborhoods they inhabited while they were alive. They were they wore shrouds and were often described as bloated and the ruddy or dark counter uh, 
counter. It's markedly different, different from today's gaunt, pale vampire, which dates from the early 19th century. So originally they were kind of pudgy. They were like... Uh, uh, they weren't like Brad Pitt and was it Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in the Vampire Lestat? It was somebody. Like I have that. no idea. Um, Definitely Brad Pitt was in there. Yeah, so I, I don't. I, I don't know. know. I haven't ever really thought about it. Well, there's a huge Wikipedia article on it. If you ever want to learn about vampires, all you can eat, uh, all you can read, rather, a uh, vampire. I like the all-you-can-eat vampire buffet. All-you-can-eat vampire buffet. That'd be great. It's just uh, all sorts of creepy... That would be funny for, like, Halloween. All-you-can-eat vampire buffet. Everything looks really kind of creepy, like things vampires would enjoy. Exactly. You great. should do it. I think I I'll will. I'll come to your house. I like I'll that. I'll come to your house. That'd be fun. Okay. All right. That's I'll gonna, help you plan it. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Hard to believe, like, Halloween's actually not that far away. Uh, if you like the show, become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more. Help keep us on the air. Again, ghostpodcast.com to sign up there or through Patreon. The link is there at ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Carol and all of us, I'm Tony Brewski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.